0: Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert with you. No Enrique Alvarez-Clary today. He had something pop up, so it's just me today, but that's all right. We have plenty of stuff to talk about, both sports-related and not sports-related. There were some interesting things that came out of Taco Bell today that we'll have to, we, we really need to sort out with a, with like this Taco Bell loyalty pass. We, we really need to sort that out, but there's, there's a couple things. Um, Wandale Robinson entered the NFL draft yesterday, officially after breaking the single season receiving yards in his first year at Kentucky, he, uh, entered the draft for next spring. And I, I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on, on Wandale, on Antonio Brown, on Husker quarterbacks, right? We're, we're still not out of that whole saga. Um, Nebraska quarterbacks trying to find who their next signal caller is going to be. Um, there's tons of rumors swirling around with Casey Thompson and, and obviously Chubba Purdy still um, in line to visit on January 14th. So they're still in line, as always, 402-464-5685. The Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Starter him and Text Line, both of those open for you all hour long. Steve Sippel, of the Lincoln Journal Star, will join me at 2 30. We'll definitely ask him about the whole quarterback decision and uh everything going on, on there with Scott Frost, Mark Whipple, the new offensive coordinator, everything. Um, but I also am curious, what are your guys' thoughts on the running back room at Nebraska? Because I I, I saw something and, and I was reading, and I don't like to read into message boards. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. I don't like reading into message boards. I was reading the message boards just trying to get a fan fan um, gauge on what how everybody was feeling, really. And there's a lot of people out there that feel like Nebraska needs to add a running back. But w- me personally, and I'll, I'll, we can start here. So 402-464-5685, you guys know how to get in touch with the show, show as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Part of me is like... There's already a lot of bodies in that room. And yes, you lost Sevion Morrison, but he was one of those guys that going into the season, and, and Bach and I kind of talked about this on the water cooler portion of his show yesterday, but a lot of those guys, they came in wanting to find one guy to really carry the load, but didn't. And part of that may be the coaching, part of that also may be the guys in that room just not stepping up and taking a, their spot, Right. And maybe that's been a big problem all four years and why they've had to do kind of a running back by committee approach for a, a good portion of the time that the staff has been here. You think back to 2018 um, when when Devine Ozigbo kind of took the reins after Greg Bell really did not come onto the scene at Nebraska as planned. I remember he fumbled on one of his, in, in the first quarter of his first game as a Husker and everybody kind of freaked out because it was the number one junior college running back and, and now he's not working out his plan. So Divino Zigbo is kind of irrelevant to this conversation, but there's just always been a lot of bodies in that room, and nobody's really taken the job. Jaquez Yant last year um, did not, you know, had, had one good game, I should say, or a couple couple strong performances, and then kind of fell off, right? And that seems to be a pattern with Nebraska football these last couple years. It's been a couple good games from whoever whoever wants to step up, and then bam. It's non-existent the rest of the way. And it's frustrating. It is extremely frustrating when each, each year you're talking about all these guys that have the, the ability to step up and really take that next step in, in not only their football career, but in terms of finding wins for Nebraska football, and they're, they're just not. And that that can lead into a whole other conversation of whether or not that that falls on the coaching staff or whether that falls on the guys they recruit or their ability to develop. And and we don't necessarily need to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm worried about the quarterback. Right? Is that all right for me to say? I'm worried about the quarterback? And and here's why. I, I mentioned this the other day. And 402-464-5685, you guys can get in touch with the show that way if you're just now joining. No Rico today. But here's the thing. With the quarterback, it's going to be completely different than what Nebraska fans, what this coaching staff, mainly Scott Frost since there's a new offensive staff, it's going to be extremely different than what they're used to. It's going to be looking drastically different than what Husker fans are used to seeing because you're going to have a different name under center or in shotgun right especially from the, the one yard line <laughs> I couldn't help either shotgun from the from the one yard line right and and here's the deal when you talk about this program there's just not been enough stability it's kind of been a program of instability, whether you want to talk about attrition or coaches leaving and, and all that. Adrian Martinez, no matter how poor he played at sometimes times and, and how, how great he played at some points in the game, he was the staple on this offense, right? Every game, whether he had a broken jaw, whether he had a torn labrum or a high ankle sprain, you knew Adrian Martinez was going to be playing quarterback every single week. And you knew that he was going to be a huge, monumental part of this offense every single Saturday. Which, we can argue, I'll argue right now, hurt Nebraska in more ways than it helped Nebraska. And here's, here's example number one of how it hurt Nebraska more than it helped Nebraska. Quarterback, Logan Smothers, right? And once again, part of this falls on the coach. You claim, Scott Frost claimed a couple weeks before the season ended, yeah, you know, there's been there's been areas that we wanted to get Logan Smothers in, but there's just not enough game experience, game-like experience. First of all, I recall a game against Purdue where, Logan, or where Adrian Martinez excuse me, threw four picks and you left him in. I recall a game against Michigan State where Adrian Martinez fractured his jaw and you brought in Logan Smothers for a garbage time at the end of the first half. And then second half, everybody acted like everything was totally fine. You didn't hear about Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I just got banged up a little bit, normal bruises. And you didn't give Logan Smothers a, a shot. And then you're going to not give him game-like opportunities in practice. There are ways that you can simulate and have situations in practice to prepare him for moments. What if a true freshman quarterback has to play their first college game? You can't just sit them because they're not going to have game-like experience, right? That's what practice is for. Now, is practice not being taken seriously enough? I don't know. I I I truly don't know. But there are ways that you can look back at the at the events that happened and what we were told and and how this whole season unfolded, and yes, maybe Adrian Martinez at this point in the 2021 season was still the best option. But here you are looking ahead at 2022 on January 6, 2022, saying you have no confidence in the guys behind him, little to no confidence. I don't want to give Logan, and, and that's not that's not talking about Logan as a quarterback because. If Logan, I I really wish, and I kind of hope that this is the case, is that Logan's the starter next year. But for everything we've been talking about, everything we've been told, everything we've heard, is that they're not comfortable enough going forward with Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg, the guys that they have in their own room, right? And so when you talk about things like um, continuing to develop your program, not just a player your program putting logan in a situation like um like against michigan state where and, and that's the thing is where you're not giving logan the free reins it's it's similar to an iowa thing against michigan state right where where you're running him a little bit more and and i'm a, i've been firmly in the boat of that's not a sustainable option and i still don't i'm still in that boat but i was thinking last night all right so you put logan in the first the first possession of the third quarter Coming out of the locker room at halftime. You feeling pretty good about yourself? It's a close game against Michigan State. I believe they were number 10 in the country on the road. Your starting quarterback just got banged up. And by banged up, I mean got a helmet, a crown of a helmet to his jaw. Or a face mask or whatever it was. Put it, Logan Smothers out there for one possession. Get him that quote-unquote game-like experience that Was a reason that you did not put him in when Nebraska needed him more early on or later on in the season against Purdue. Put him in that in that time against Michigan State. If he if he fails or if he turns over the football or looks really really bad, yep, yank him. All right, Adrian, we're gonna actually need you this game. What what's what's the hurt in that? You have so much confidence in your defense, and rightfully so. Eric Shenander has those dudes playing well. You're holding Kenneth Walker to a minimal amount of yards. And you're going to put in a guy that has a fractured jaw over giving your backup that you've told us. You, at, to that point, remember, it's kind of weird, it's just, so try to stick with me because I hope I'm not being too confusing when I'm saying this. But to that point, they felt good about Logan Smothers. They told us they loved Logan Smothers. So if you loved him and you felt good about him, where's the negative part in putting him in for one possession to see how he does on the road in a night game against the number 10 team in the country? He was he's been in this program for a year and a half, right? He should have a good grasp of the offense, so that excuse of not knowing the playbook or anything like that can't be used. He should be willing, excited, wanting to take that opportunity. But there was no opportunity. So then, that was a week, and and that's one week, and there was other weeks, you know, obviously garbage time against Northwestern, he saw some time, and and things like that but that was a uh, that was a time in a competitive in a competitive matchup against Michigan State against a top tier team at the time to get him some game like experience so then when you're sitting here going into 2022 you can't use that you can't say well logan hasn't had game like enough game like experience it's those opportunities once again that were missed or m- misuse of talent or the guys in that room and that can be applied unfortunately and I really don't want to be negative but I'm being I'm being honest this is not fun it's not fun to look and say man I was texting back and forth with Sip this morning and I was just thinking to myself well we're going to talk about quarterbacks like I'm sorry Sip but We're going to talk about quarterbacks because it's such a big topic and it's extremely important to whether or not Scott Frost is the coach here next year. Whether or not bringing in Mark Whipple will actually allow Mark Whipple to have the reins to the offense. And that's what David says on the text line. 402-464-5685, I want to make sure I get to all these texts here. David says this, I think the confidence has to be in Whipple and his ability to mold offense around any quarterback to get enough wins for a bowl game. He's also a six-year rebuild guy, and I don't think it's a one year one or done year. So David's in the boat where, and that's totally fine. If if we're all in that boat of this isn't it for Scott Frost, if he doesn't provide enough wins, then that's okay. I will say this, the, the farther that we get away from the season and the more we look back, at 2021 as a whole. The less glamorous it seems and it feels and it sounds. To say. Well, they were close and they were one score games. That feel good of of them saying that they were one score away. That's kind of wearing off for me personally. That's That's just me being truthful. Because. It seems like that was a big thing on on Twitter and all the social media sites was open. Oh, Nebraska's one score. I just saw a graphic this t- today about thirty seconds before I went on the air that said, "If one scores were flipped, Nebraska would have been eleven and one this season." Stop. Stop. Nebraska was three and nine. And that's my whole point. And, and I know you guys have said it to me. Or, you know, I, I know I've said it to you guys a lot, and I'm, I'm, I apologize because it's going to sound repetitive by the time Nebraska plays Northwestern next August. It's not an effort thing. This is a... You are at Nebraska, a, a place that should be relatively easy, to, easy place to win. You have a great alumni support. You have fantastic facilities. And now NILs apart... Of this, and you're three and nine. And part of me wonders like next year, and I've kind of talked about this like next year, there's got to be a, a time where you can't pick excuses out of thin air and use them every single year. There just has to be a time where you set set your foot down, not only as a Husker fan, but uh, as administration, and, and even if you're Scott Frost. Like I would just get if if I was Scott Frost, I, I would be tired of the excuses. I would be tired of hearing about the excuses. Because really, at, at some point you you can't just continue to pick out excuses out of thin air. Like next year, let's say that if Nebraska doesn't make a bowl game or doesn't have high standards right there, um, it's like is next year's excuse going to say, well, we were only we only had one year with the offensive coordinator? You put that on yourself. Like, as, as a whole program, I'm not talking about Scott Frost right now. Any coach. That's, that's the way I like to look at these things. Is if any coach was here. Is that this is all you're doing. You've been the constant throughout these, after next year, five years. And you're telling me at a place like Nebraska, where we would like to think that the standard is high. Like, the expectations are high. Like that the alumni support is high, and that you're in the Big Ten West, that you're struggling to f- make a bowl game, the Cheez-It Bowl, right? It goes back to that conversation that there are so many bowl games, and and it's kind of, it's, it's infuriating that Nebraska hasn't been able to make a bowl game. And here's the deal, is that whoever the head coach is, if it was Mike Riley, who, by the, jo- by the way, got a job in the USFL with the New Jersey something, Mike Riley's back to being a head coach, but sidebar. Um but that the, the head coach has been the constant. And at some point you just can't continue to pick excuses out of thin air and expect them to cover up how disappointing of a uh, a tenure it has been at Nebraska. That that's just me. I'll I'll be honest. And, and I know some people aren't in that lane, and that's totally fine. And I'm I'm open for debate, so please, 402-464-5685. We get this off the text line. Drumstick says this, You're damn right, Nick. We're close. The quote, we're close, is infuriating. We get this from an unnamed texter, Nick. People look at this differently because Scott Frost was a player and a native son. But anyone who is objective and takes the time to look at him as just another coach couldn't possibly think that he deserved a fifth year. Now I want to I want to expand on that a little bit because that's a really interesting way to look at it, and that kind of goes into my whole thought of the farther that we separate ourselves from this three and nine season, and and the farther we get away from Iowa, and this is going to be a long off season. Just so just buckle up, folks. The less glamorous the one loss is. Look, that's what that's this kind of ties into this point. I, I lost my train of thought there for a second, but here it is. Scott Frost is getting an opportunity of a lifetime. Any coach. Once again, let's take Scott Frost's name away from this. Let's say Bo Bum was coaching at Nebraska, won a couple national titles, and is now the coach. Four years in, he's not winning. You're getting an opportunity of a lifetime going into your fifth year and you're 16 and whatever the record is, a lot of losses. You're getting an opportunity that nobody else would get. Nobody. And frankly, if you want to be brutally honest, it shouldn't matter what your name is when you're talking about expectations and standards at a university the brutally honest thoughts that I just kind of came up with is you cannot put anybody above a university. What's that saying? A sum of the parts are greater than whatever. You know what I'm talking about? You cannot change expectations. You cannot change standards. And you cannot allow bad play bad decisions to take down anything, whether that's a football program, whether that's a baseball program, whether that's a basketball program, because at some point you have to put your foot down. And that's my whole point through all of this is Nebraska fans. I, I hope for your sake so that you don't have 10 more years of this, right? Was that, is that at some point Whoever the coach is, if it's Mike Riley, if it's Sean Eyekorst, if it's who wasn't AD, I know. If it's Sean Eykorst, if it's Scott Frost, at some point I hope for your sake that everybody can collectively put their foot down and say this isn't good enough for us. Because that's what we've done with previous staffs. And I I get that I'm younger. I, I do, and that's something that that somebody's really told, or somebody's really uh, used against me these last couple couple months. We've gotten on the text line quite a bit. Here's the deal, man. Just because I'm 20 years old, I, I I lived through the the cal. I paid attention to the Callahan. I paid attention to the Bo Pelini. I paid attention to the Mike Riley, and now the Scott Frost. Listen, I'm not good at math, but nine wins is much better than three. And I understand there's off-the-field stuff going on with Bo. I, I truly get that. I remember when the tapes were released and everything, and, and we don't need to go into that. But it's I just wonder, when we talk about quarterback, like Scott Frost is getting this opportunity that nobody else would have, and at some point it, you have to make a change. And not not in coaches, but in the way that you, you do things, in the way that you, you process and run a program. And whether that's allowing your offensive staff to do their job, it's little things like that that'll switch it real quick. But I'm sorry. The farther that we get away from Iowa, I just don't care about the one loss They're the one-score losses. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, see, this is what I was worried about. And we got to take a break shortly so I don't I won't have time to spend on this. Tyler says this on the text line. So you're calling for Frost's job now. Tyler. I can't I cannot remember how many times this segment I said take Scott Frost's name out of it. Any coach. And also, you can please go back on the podcast if you'd like because there were many times throughout the course of the season and after the season ended that I sat here in the same exact spot that said man I want Scott Frost to work. Holy crap, I want Scott Frost to work here. And I we broke the news, me and Rico broke the news on our show when they restructured his deal. And I said this is great. This is great for Nebraska because this is a program that has had zero stability right other outside the quarterback from just being there being on the field, right? Like I was just talking about a little bit earlier. And so now you give Scott Frost time. Because at that point Nebraska continued to show the progress, but then now I'm sitting here at the end of the year and saying, "Man, at some point it has to be about progress. We can't sit here at the year of end year uh the end of year 5, excuse me, and say, "Well, they were closer than they were at year 4." And then say at the end of and then we'll find ourselves eventually in, at the end of year seven, going well, they're closer than they were at year six. How many times are we are we willing to do that? And I, by we, I mean Husker fans. I, how many times are we going to be as Husker fans okay with mediocrity? That's that's as simple as I can put it. And it doesn't matter about age at that point. Because you could go up to an eight-year-old and say, hey, what's better? Three wins, or three to five wins every, for six years straight, or seven to eight wins for f- five years straight. And they're going to say, oh, seven or eight. Right? Tyler responds this, he goes, okay, I like that response, thanks for clarifying, I just want us to get back to mediocrity. Ooh, are we below mediocrity? Yikes good stuff, guys. I want to get back to this thought. I want to get back to this thought. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, uh, let's uh, talk to Steve Sipple of the Lincoln Journal-Star. We'll ask him about the quarterback. We'll ask him about standards at Nebraska. And who knows what else we'll ask Steve Sipple about Lincoln Journal-Star. All of that next on the happy hour.